Welcome to Transcending Identity. I'm your host, Nicole Lee, and I am thrilled to be your guide on this incredible journey of self-discovery and transformation. This podcast is designed to help you connect deeper with yourself and transcend the identities, beliefs, and environments that may be holding you back from living your best life. Through insightful interviews, thought-provoking discussions, and practical advice, I speak with incredible people from around the world who share their stories of transformation, transcendence, and triumph. From entrepreneurs to spiritual teachers, athletes to activists, you'll learn how they overcame obstacles and reached new heights in their lives. I will also share my personal stories, insights, and tools along the way. By listening to this podcast, I hope you feel seen, supported, and inspired to live your best life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Your time to transcend starts now. Today's episode is with my friend who truly encapsulates a spirit of faith, resilience, and perseverance, Connell Spain, also known by many as Spanky. Hailing from Melbourne, Florida, Connell was an extraordinary talent on the football field, earning him the title of All-American in high school and a scholarship to Florida State University, where our friendship began as FSU is also my alma mater. Connell's success continued, and in 1993, he was part of the unstoppable team that achieved a national championship. And then in 1997, a dream became a reality, signing an NFL contract with the San Diego Chargers. Unfortunately, as with many athletes, an injury cut his promising NFL career short. Yet the setback didn't dampen his spirit, and Connell pivoted to arena football, dedicating six years to the game and achieving a championship with the Orlando Predators in 1998. Yet life off the football field was a different game. The end of his football career brought on feelings of resentment, abandonment, and depression. He began asking himself who he was if he wasn't a football player. How could he rediscover happiness again? The pressure of self-discovery, as well as experiencing financial hardship, led Connell to a very dark place, ultimately leading to a moment outside of a church with a loaded 45 in his lap. Yet in his darkest hour, he found his light. The voice of God reassuring him there was a greater plan for his life, sparking an incredible resurgence of hope and drive. Connell turned his life around. And today, my friend is more than a former football player. He's a loving family man, an owner of multiple successful businesses, a motivational speaker, an actor, and the president of the Spain Foundation, providing economic awareness, character building, and leadership skills for tomorrow's leaders. As you listen to this episode, I hope you are not only inspired, but experience a greater sense of knowing that no matter how deep the valley of despair, how daunting the challenge, or how heavy the burden, adversities do not define you. You have the power to rise from the ashes of your trials and radically transform your life. So great to have you today. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I'm happy and proud of you for coming out with this podcast. You know, it's something that I know is very, very dear to your heart. You know, we've been knowing each other a long, long time, and you've always been a upstanding, outstanding, beautiful queen, and just really happy to be a part of it because, you know, our journeys are, are different, but yet the same in a lot of ways, and our heart to help people and to understand certain elements of our life and life in general 
is kind of what we're doing here today and, and going forward. And it feels really good because I think at some point, both of us was in a dark place, a very dark place. And we're here to talk about it and smile about it and, and, and be grateful about it. And uh, and I'm just, again, I'm very, very, very honored to be part of your podcast today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in Melbourne, Florida. I played, uh, I was All-American coming out of high school. I was fortunate enough to get a scholarship at Florida State, the greatest school in America. <laughs> Minus when we lose and I had to put my family in jersey up. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, uh, I love my alma mater. Uh, it's, you know, it was a great opportunity. Playing there all four years and on the 1993 National Championship. So that kind of tell you how old I am. Um, getting, up, getting up there, half a century almost. But, uh, you know, four great years, met great, great people. Some are mayors, some are state senators, state, you know, some are business people in high-level positions. And you never know who you're going to meet growing up at such a young age and growing together at such a young age. And then after that, I, I was picked up by the San Diego Chargers. I played up for a few games. I hurt my foot. So I was released. And then I went to, I played arena ball for six years. And part of that was up in Canada, uh, arena football up in Canada for two years. Uh, I actually won a championship uh, up under uh, Jay Gruden uh, with the Orlando Predators back in 1998. In arena football. So that, that was another milestone for me as well. I think just like anything, just like a marriage, we all think marriages are great and they are. Don't get me wrong, but football became one of those things where it became a bad marriage. And unfortunately for a lot of us athletes, right? The only thing that we ever see is either NFL, the WNBA, the NBA or MLB. We only see that that's the only outlet to make it. Mm. And that's where we have, as athletes, as, as human being athletes, uh, we lose why we really went to college in the first place. And that was to get an education. And because the education is, can, can potentially pay you, you know, if you don't go first, second round, you know, it can potentially, you know, pay you good for the rest of your life. And, you know, for I have to be honest, for me, I went to college and I had fun. I mean, I I, I had fun every day, um, did much schooling as I could without partying all the time. I mean, and if people tell you something different, they lying to you. So, you know, back in those days, it was, you know, party, party. How much can we party? You know, that part for me got missed and it hurt me life after football mm. and for me, sports became a bad marriage because I felt like as much as I gave to the sport, I felt like it didn't get that back to me the mm. way I wanted it. And I felt like at that point, like the world, like I didn't want to be here. I, I went into a very, very, very deep depression because we're athletes. We don't necessarily like to tell our business. We don't like to talk to people about our business. And so we hold a lot of it in. And I know that I can speak for a whole bunch of athletes that have been in this position. And in fact, I have talked to a lot of athletes that's been mm -hmm. in this position. And, you know, for me, it was like one night I found myself so depressed because I couldn't figure out life after. And it's like, you know, everybody knows Spanky. They call me Spanky. Everybody knows Spanky as a jokey guy, the one that's going to crack jokes all day long, go keep everybody else happy. And 
when it came to trying to find a way to keep myself happy, I felt isolated. Mm. I felt like, man, I, I put a lot of smiles on everybody else's face, but in time of need, I don't feel like I can reach out like that. I don't feel, I, how do I smile? How do I smile in the midst of my depression? And is this depression? What, what am I in? You know, you come to a point, you don't even know what it is. You just know you're not feeling yourself. And I found myself one night in front of a church, got to the point where it's like, man, you know, I had a 45 on my lap and I was sitting in front of the church in my car. And it's like, how in the world did I get here? How did Spanky, Connell, how did I get here? Because you see it, you hear it. You even may be talking through with other people, but then you find yourself in that situation. And just by the grace of God, you know, it's kind of like one of them things where you just hear God say, you know, it ain't, it's one of them things where it's not worth it. I got bigger plans for you, you know, this and this and that. And I'm glad I was a coward that night. I'm mm -hmm. glad I was a coward. It took me a long time to even tell one person about that. It took probably years before I even spoke about that. But I'm not afraid anymore because I am who I am. I love who I've become and I love where I'm going. And what people have to understand is athletes have to understand is sports is such a small. And this is what I didn't understand. Sports is such a small part of your life that we shouldn't allow it to overtake and or dictate the rest of our life. It's so small and so short. You think 10 years in the league is long. It really isn't. It's, it go by like that. So I tell people, I, when I talk to young kids now, I tell them, hey, look, plan for life after. Love what you're doing, but plan for that life after because it's it's going to end. And when it ends, you have to be in position. You have to play that role. You have to you have to put the same effort you put in trying to get to the quarterback as you do in your daily life now. And that ain't always an easy transition. It's just not because it's nobody telling you how to transition from the very thing that you love so much. And then all of a sudden it's just, it's taken away in a moment's notice. We don't plan. I know I didn't. And so I know a lot of my friends didn't, you know, and I'm just glad that we're here today to talk about, you know, what we can do to help people really understand where they at, understand their depression. And if you are depressed, talk to somebody, don't hold it in. Don't be a Carnell. And if you do be a Carnell, be a coward like I was and not do the worst thing you can do to yourself. And, you know, I never even thought that I would be even on a podcast talking about something of that nature. But I am and I'm here and I'm present and I own it. And that's what we have to do. We have to own it, you know, the good and the bad. You know, I'm just blessed to be able to talk about it. And I so appreciate your courage, your vulnerability and your passion to help others not be in that situation. The thing that I picked up on that was pretty profound is no one was really guiding you right through that process. No one was really saying, hey, it's great that you're an amazing athlete, you're an amazing football player, but have you considered who you are outside of the game? Have you considered what other options there are for you? And We've talked, and that's a huge issue. So much of the focus, once someone is seen as a top athlete, is all about them as an athlete. From even schooling, we'll figure it out, right? Because you you got to get back out on that field or the court. 
even when it comes to as you're going through and evolving as an athlete, having those check-ins about what else can I do? What else is available to me before you get to the injury or the retirement? You know, again, for me, it took some time, right, to really figure out who was outside of football or or this or that. And for me, I couldn't watch football for like five years. Wow, uh, five years. For five years, I didn't even want to watch football. I didn't want to be around it. I didn't want to hear about it. But that was just me. And maybe it was the bitter pill of the breakup, uh, mm-hmm. per se. So what I did was I went back to my foundation. What made me Connell? What made me Spanky? That everybody enjoyed, that I enjoyed about being around that, those everybody's, right? And so I went back to saying, I want to be who I, who I want to be the smiley guy here. What is it going to take for me to do that? I want to be a business person. I want to be in acting. And I understood that I had to bite size all of those things to make everything start to make sense. Mm. So I started in business. I started uh, in business. I had a security guard company where I was doing security for entertainers and athletes, politicians and things of that nature uh, after football. Uh, In fact, before that, I got a call to right after football, probably a year, maybe a year, because I was still still at this point I was trying to figure out. But I was able to solidify opportunity up in Baltimore where I was a project manager. I got a call from a friend. They had a contract up there and I ran up there for like five or six years and ran the contract for him. Had no experience at all. Only experience I had was football. And so when I went up there, I mean, there was I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I tell you what I did. I rolled up my sleeve and I went in there and I learned the processes and I learned what was going on and I became very good at it. Right. So I did that. Was able to save a multi-million dollar contract. And that gave me the experience of which I'm doing now with I'm doing government contracting. But now I'm going out myself to get the contract. So you never know where your experience comes from. And after that, I, I did security for entertainers and athletes and um, for a while. And uh, also, so then I moved back to Florida. God told me one day just to, just to go because I felt stuck. And so I moved to South Florida. And when I moved to South Florida, other things started to happen. And remember, I was telling you I, I wanted to do acting. I wanted to do this. So lo and behold, Acting opportunities started coming up when I moved to South Florida. So that was a way of God saying, move, be quiet. I got something else over here that you've been wanting to do. I moved. I was quiet. And those opportunities started opening up with the acting piece. So then I found myself with an opportunity to be with, uh, on, on uh, the ballers with The Rock, HBO, The Ballers, and, and some other stuff. And. Uh, in fact, now I have three movies uh, that I was a part of that's on Amazon Prime and Tubi and all these. Other. Currently, uh, my very first movie was uh, I was uh, a casted football player for in, at, uh, with Any Given Sunday. You were Any Tino Given Sunday, and yeah. Jamie okay. Fox. And so the road has been long, but it's, it's been well worth it. And for me, from, from, from somebody from Melbourne, Florida, smaller town, to be, you know, on, on doing things of that nature, I, I would have never, get, you know, I would have never thunk it because my whole mindset was just simply to play football and make it to the NFL and play until I'm 100 years old and retire, <laughs> you know, and obviously that's not it. So, you know, that's what I tell you, you never know 
who watching. So always be on your P's and Q's. Um, I always been the talkative type. Rather, I'm meeting somebody in the elevator. Hey, how you doing? What you doing? Because I want to know what you're doing. Might be able to help me. I might be able to help you. So I always tell the youth, when you walk out that door, plan ahead to know that you're going to speak to somebody today. That's going to either you're going to bless them or they're going to bless you. But you got to be ready for it. You can't walk out with the mindset of, you know, I'm just going to waste this day. And every time you walk out your door is a moment that you must capture. And I don't let them go by. You know, I see somebody in the grocery store. I don't even know. Hey, how you doing? Because I want to know. You know, that's just, <laughs> all, you know I, that's just how I always been. You never so, know. You never know. And, you, you know, just like this situation, you never know. Like, we haven't seen each other in years, but we still have some of the same foundational root cause problems. Right. At, just as human beings. And so for me, it's about... When I talk to the youth, is, is is making sure that your plan B is always pressed on your plan plan A, because you don't want to get comfortable in your plan A. You want to make sure that plan B, if you have a plan B, some people don't. Some people just go balls to the walls and say, "My plan A is it," and that's okay too, because that's good for them. That may not be good for you or them, but. If you, if you have a plan A and a plan B, make sure your plan B is always ch- chasing your plan A. That's the way I look at it. And, and, and always stay, stay at the ready for an opportunity because you never know when it's going to come, but it will come if you keep chasing. I always, I tell people this. If the opportunity isn't knocking, then build a door, right? Mm. The door is there. Jump through that window. You got to get in and, and, and create an opportunity. When I was doing this, People always ask me all the time, how did you get in this movie? How did you get in this movie? You, 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 you're not up at night when I'm sending out 50, 100 emails just to get one role. Right. You know? Yeah. And it's just, you know, the things that people don't want to do, you have to do. There's a few things that I heard. One was you even recognizing that you had transferable skills. So there were things that just being an athlete, that once you said, hey, I'm going to give something a try, you were able to make that transition. A lot of times, right, we're not even taught like, hey, the things you learned on the field, the court, et cetera, they are transferable. The way you have yes. to look at a route or a plan, that can transfer into business. So that was one main thing I heard is like thinking about what you're doing now and how it actually can be useful in the future, even if you don't know what that's going to look like. Mm-hmm. The other thing I heard that you said that was really powerful is always be present, be ready. Don't just get stuck in what you think's going on. Recognize there is opportunity around you everywhere. And mm-hmm. the way you show up and the way you present yourself automatically can create opportunity. So you being going back to Spanky, the fun, inquisitive, wanting to talk to people automatically creates opportunity without you having to put a lot of effort into mm-hmm. it. Right. right. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing. Always thinking one step ahead, even if you're not sure what that next step is. And the last thing that was really, really powerful, I love the best for the last, is your faith and your faith with action. So you mentioned being the coward, but you heard God. So actually you had strength because you believed in something greater than yourself that told Mm -hmm. you not to put the pistol to the head, right? Mm -hmm. You took action. Once you took action, doors were open. 
That's right. That's right. You know, I can even, I haven't even touched on the fact that I went broke twice. Okay. So let's talk you about know. that a bit. Cause that's a huge thing that we know, right? What was that journey like for you? Well, it was terrible. Okay. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> terrible, but it was certainly a, a message in, in the mess. You know, some people have it and lose it once. And some people have it and lose it twice or three times. I was twice. I was a twicer, not for my own mistakes, but it is what it is. But I can tell you that that heartache and that pain is is just, that's a different type of depression. Okay. <laughs> because now you're looking at your car getting repossessed. The next day you're looking at eviction notices on your door. And you're looking at your bank account. It's like, what am I going to do? Your credit, my credit was in the 400s. I was in a very, very bad predicament. The key to all of that for me was understanding that I had to take it back to football because this happened after football, years after football. So I had to remind myself, just like football was a period and a moment in my life, so is this. Just like football was a period in your life, this financial challenge was just a period. It was a quarter. It was a season. Yeah. But when you're in that, if you don't trick your mind to say things like that, now your your mindset is thinking long term. This is long term. No, it's not long term. Yeah. But if you don't trick your mind to say this is seasonal, this is just a season. This is just a moment that is happening. Now you can start chopping at the bits. I was able to fix my credit, restart this business, do this, do this, you know, acting opportunities, do this. But I never stopped moving. And so that's the key. People go through things, they stop. They let everything culminate and beat them up mentally, physically. They don't want to do anything. I always kept my feet moving. And if you're keeping your feet moving, you're always moving and you're giving yourself an opportunity to still reach your goals. It might take a little longer. It might be an extra two or three miles. But that's okay because the finish line ain't moving. Just keep going. Don't quit. I'm a prime example for anybody out there that even thinking about quit. And so I look at these athletes and I'm saying, I just hope that they get around people that's telling them the right information because it is nothing like being that young and losing everything. And now you discouraged for 10 years and now you're in your 30s and you can't get it together because you keep thinking about what you used to have. And now you 30 and you still thinking about what you used to have. Nah, you're going to put yourself 10 years behind time, just like I did. Because I'm sitting here worrying about what this person got, what this person got, instead of worrying about what God got for me. And turns wow. around now, yeah. you know, after all of that, worth a few million. So it's kind of like, you know, at the end of the day, just don't give up on yourself and don't give up on your faith, whatever that faith is. You know, some people don't believe in the most high. Okay, whatever. However, just believe in it, something. And I can promise you that it'll change, the situation will change. And even people around you are going to change. Well, I wanted to get to that, too, because you mentioned a few times people having the right people around them and having the right support system. And I'm curious, given obviously your your faith in God and that foundation sustained you to keep your feet moving. Were there others or did you even have to change the people you were around that allowed you to to have that support? Yeah, so that that was that was a big change for me too because a a lot of times 
when you're going through things, it really puts you in a different mindset of what type of people you want to deal with, not necessarily what's, what you're used to dealing with. It's now becomes what you want to deal with, which is people in your space. Instead of letting just people be in your space, you started deciding who you wanted in your space. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, I see on Instagram all the time, they say, audit your circle. A lot of people don't understand that, but it's so true. It's like cleaning out your closet every six months, spring and summer, or whatever the case may be, spring and fall. You know, you go in and you clean out your clothes. You can't wear this no more. Or if you don't, you haven't wore this enough, throw it away or whatever. It's not about throwing away your friends. It's throwing away things that don't have a necessity in your life anymore. And some of those I had to, I had to let go. Some of it was difficult, but at the same point, I love me more than I love the issues that's around, surrounding me. And so therefore I have to push my, my barrier back. I have to protect my space at all time. I have to protect my happiness. I have to protect what I've become and what I've built. Like that boundary thing, once you understand it and are not afraid to let go of those that were close to you, now you're moving. Now you're talking. How did you do that? What gave you the strength and courage? Because that is, that is a, a really tough thing for anybody, right? What was the process you went through to get yourself to build enough courage? Because you have to have some tough conversations and then to, to stick with it. You know, it's funny you asked because I was just talking to a friend of mine who I let back into my circle, right? Mm-hmm. Because he never did anything. The reason I'm, I'm going there is because of what you just said. The process for me was I got super quiet. I stopped taking phone calls from so many people. I didn't call a lot of people. Like I moved to South Florida and I just got like quiet. And I was almost like a hermit at a, at a point. But I knew that if I didn't get quiet and allow God to move like he needed to move, then I would be stuck in that same situation with the same friends that I was probably more of a friend to than they were a friend to me. Mm-hmm. And so, that's why I was having problems. Okay. I don't want to be more of a friend than you than you are to me. It needs to be some equality in there. You were giving more than you were receiving. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was more of your friend than you were my friend. And if I'm calling you and I'm pick, and you calling me, I pick up the phone for you. But I call you. Come on now. We, we're not doing that. We, we 30, 40 years old. You know, I'm off the list, you know, and it's cool because I'm telling you right now with who I have and what I have in my life, people I have, this is the core. I'm happy. I'm more happier than I ever been. And. It's not from nothing else. It's just my own self-synergy, energy, and knowing that I am built for tough times. I'm not afraid of them. I don't want to go back to them, but I'm certainly <laughs> You're not like, afraid I'm not, I'm not going back, but. <laughs> and they don't want to go back, but I'm not afraid of that. My fiance goes, I ain't that. I know, baby, you ain't built. You ain't built like that. You've been working all your life. You ain't You ain't built like this. <laughs> I promise <laughs> But, uh. Uh, she's scared not to have a piece of bread in the house. I'm like, man, hey, look, I'd have been on McDonald's menu with five dollars for three days. I know what it looked like. So yeah, so that's a big part of it for me was to get quiet and let some things happen. And, and oh, and, and and before I, I was talking about my friend that I let back in, right? So 
he actually came to my engagement party and I sat down with, with him one on one and I said, you know, I really appreciate you never giving up on me, but I had to go and find me wow. and understand me so yeah. that I can be a better me to you. So that's powerful. Yeah, I didn't want to let him go, but I had to. You removed somebody because you wanted to be the best version of you for someone that you actually knew cared about you. Absolutely. That's you powerful because we don't really talk about that side of it. We talk a lot mm -hmm. about the people who aren't serving us and creating boundaries. What you just shared, though, is something to reflect on. Sometimes you have to let go, at least for a period, of someone you know is that great person in your life so that you can show up in the way that they even deserve. That's right. Yeah. And I didn't really even think about that until he was there that night. I'm just like, man, I'm not going to say I was wrong because it was something I needed to do. And if you need to do something, you don't have to accept being wrong for it. But I do want to let you know that I appreciate you. And I love you. When I was going through hard times, you never left my side. You was always there. But I had to push you away in order to understand and, and, and allow God to order my, my, uh, my other steps so that I can come back and be. And to this day, since then, man, it's been all love. It's, it's a true friendship. You know what I'm saying? And uh, because certain people see it all. Right. Like I have another friend. During the hard times, I really didn't want to talk to nobody. But it was maybe one, maybe two people that I shared a little bit uh, without going into, and they, but they never judged me. They never judged me, right? And and in fact, this particular person, we're getting married at his house in two weeks. So, because I felt like he's always been that friend, you know, so I made him my best man. Never judged me, never looked at me any kind of way or, you know, like you're a bomb, you know, whatever. I mean, and this is a person where, you know, we've been knowing each other since 1992. You know, so long, long, long time. Yeah, long time. Yeah. So uh, it's a blessing to have those new friends and some old, but mostly new. Um, and I'm not knocking the old ones. I'm not knocking those. I'm just saying, again, we go back to the period and the moment of which it was beneficial for our lives. And at, during that time, that's when they were beneficial or we were beneficial to each other in that moment. We have to grow. And other people grow and have friends. It's okay to grow out of your friend. It's not, it doesn't have to be negative. Sometimes it is, right? But it doesn't have to be. And it's kind of like when you at Florida State or whatever college you're at, you playing them sports and you think you're going to be that person's friend forever. Some of them you are. And then some of them you're just not. Some of them you're going to have a great relationship. Y'all going to hang out all the time. But it's not going to unfold like that. In fact, I have two guys that I played with at Florida State in my wedding. So, you know, so it shakes out both ways. And so and when you get to our age, it's kind of like if you don't know who your your real friends are, you got to do your you got to do your own self audit. Some, some self self audit, self evaluation. And the thing that you said, too, was just that fact of growth and it doesn't have to be bad, right? So just people recognizing that there literally are seasons and periods and people can come in and out. It's more of you, what you said of being aligned to who you are. And you have to, what I, what I hear very clearly from the time we spoke is you had to figure out who you were. You had to sit still and ask who you wanted to be and then who you wanted to be connected with and what you wanted to do. But you had to start with figuring out who you really were first. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, I've said some stuff about my, my ex-teammates in the moment. Right. Years ago, in the moment, mad at myself, mad at my life, looking at them, thinking they're, you know, they, they're somewhat better than me. I've, I've probably said a few different bad things, you know, but it didn't come from a bad place. It came from a place of misunderstanding of who I was. But as a man, you have to be, or or, or, or or woman, you have to accept it. You have to own that. Own what you said, right? But also be able to go and talk to that person or person about why you said it. And so I'm never afraid to do that. If you heard, if, you know, it's like, Spanky said, look, I did, but let me tell you why. And so we can't be afraid to, and if it don't work out that, that we're not friends anymore, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because I know what I said and how I said it didn't come from a bad place. But, you know, sometimes people, they get on these podcasts and they, and they, they nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. You, you getting raw, authentic from me. That's what we, and that's what we you want, know? right? Real stories. Exactly. This whole thing about, you know, life is about gravitating towards the position of what you want to be at before you expire. And the key to that is, you know, is just, pointing in that direction and getting at it and stop letting days go by saying what if and what it should have could have. You know, it's just one of them things where, you know, we just have to keep pushing, you know. I just want to see people win. And I've took a lot of lumps and bruises to be able to have conversation with people to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe they get it, maybe they don't. But I'm going to tell them my route, my journey, my way, the things to stay away from, the things to gravitate towards. You know, I have a, I don't like to say step anything, but I have a, my, I have a stepdaughter, which is like my, my Your daughter. bonus. Your bonus. Yeah. yeah. My, and a stepson as well. And a beautiful grandbaby. You know, it's kind of like when I look at them, I kind of chuckle sometimes because I'm like, oh, look ahead. Uh, just like doing the same, some of the same stuff that I used to do. But on the other end, it feels good to be able to teach them and help them uh, navigate through some of the issues that they're having, whether it's depression, whether it's trying to figure this out or that out or this out. And that's what keeps me going, just really helping people and uh, being able to uh, be a great son to my mom and, and about to be a newlywed in two weeks. So Yay, I'm, I'm honored and happy. getting married. And, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a... You know, crazy ride, even with that. I always told myself, I'm never getting married. It's never too late. (laughs) Never too late. (laughs) Throwing the black book away. (laughs) That's a beautiful segue, too, about how you want to see people win. So talk a little bit about some of your other businesses and your foundation. Yeah, so so the Spain Group, uh, we focus on government, state, and local contracting, uh, whether it's uh, landscaping to facility support to janitory, custodial. So we actually just picked up a contract with the uh, city agency this past week, I believe. So, you know, having a piece of the pie. Uh, another 850 Financial is my credit repair company where we help consumers and clients. We talk about their credit. We help, you know, uh, correct the corrections on their credit and help them build a financial life that's sustainable and get out of the old and bad habits that we all grew up with, you know, because I understand what it is to be in the 400 because I was there before. I also understand what it, to be, what it is to be 750 plus and what that does for clients and customers when they want to uh, go out and purchase a home, a car, whatever the case may be. Because what I always tell my clients is stop being on the defensive and get on the offensive over your financial life, right? 
So that's another thing, you know, with the Spain Foundation, uh, special people anointing inner city neighborhoods, it's going in and talking to the youth and setting them up so that they can, they can understand trusses and LLCs and all the things that I had to learn on the way to, to the top, you know what I mean? So, and also I was building houses. I'm going back to building houses. I was also flipping houses. Just a culmination of things. Like, I always wanted to build houses. Like, some of this stuff is like, it blows my mind. Before we close, is there any other thing that you want anyone who's going to listen to this that may be going through trials, tribulations, and challenges of how they can transcend to the next level in their life? Yeah, I want them to just really understand that people and problems are, are only a problem if the if the person allow it to be a problem. And it's all about the mindset. And this is stuff that I had to learn talking to therapists, talking to counselors, right? It's literally just like that in terms of your mindset, right? Don't give up on yourself. Keep walking because at the end of the day, you can become me and better. And I always want you to be better. Just know that I didn't give up on me. If I'm 6'3", 300 pounds and didn't give up on me and I'm vulnerable and I'm telling you my story, understand that there there is somebody that's been in your shoes that's willing to talk about it. A lot of people are not willing to talk about it being, being on my side because they don't want nobody to know, but I don't care. I'm giving you all of me, not some of me. Know that I didn't quit. I didn't quit because maybe God wanted somebody out there to, to hear me through this podcast today to say, don't quit. It's going to be all right. If you just keep going, it will be okay. Thank you so much. And last, before we close, what's the best way to get in contact with you? We'll have all the details in the show notes, but just want to close out letting folks know where they can best connect with you. Absolutely. Uh, Facebook is Connell Spain. Instagram is I am Connell Spain. You can go to the Spain, uh, com. Awesome. Once again, bro, I really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. I know someone is going to feel seen, heard, and healed by hearing your message. And I just look forward to all the amazing things that will continue to happen in your life. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Remember, let's try to win every day. Stay healthy, stay safe. I love you and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode enriched your life. If so, please leave a review, subscribe, and share this episode with others. Let's continue to grow together, transcend to new heights, and create a life that truly reflects who we are. I'll see you soon on another episode of Transcending Identity. Transcending Identity.